Workmen on the scaffolds scrubbed the granite faces this clean. This statue is situated right in front of one of the more popular buildings here. It also stands as the oldest educational building. By 1930, the two harbors... Exploring the stories behind the construction of some of Australia's most interesting buildings. This is If Walls Could Talk. If Walls Could Talk. With Dean Mason. Welcome to our very first episode. I'm Dean Mason and my very special guest and co-pilot today is Jen Marks, who is the General Manager of Fit-Out and Refurbishment Victoria at National Construction Company Built. Welcome, Jen. Hello. Thanks for having me. So this podcast is a place where building nerds can be building nerds and we will be exploring the stories behind the construction of some of Australia's most interesting building buildings. And uh, this week we are going to be delving into one of Melbourne's most beloved heritage buildings, the Palais Theatre in St Kilda, where Jen's team at Built did an extensive, extensive refurbishment that was completed last year. But before we get into the refurbishment works, this building is iconic and it's been there for about nine years but it's not the original palais is it no it's um well it's the um well, well there, there was a history about it being a different building to start with but since this building has been built it's been through a number of different uses it started off as a as a cinema and then um and moved into more um sort of orchestra and live musical performances um it had uh, ballet performances and full musical productions and then it's most well known of late as being more of a a band venue and or like general live music venue and everyone who's everyone's played there right like Roy Orbison the Rolling Stones yeah Banana Rama (laughs) (laughs) dating back many years and um, (laughs) they've had a mixture and they still do get really great acts there as well and have continued through um, yeah um, for as long as I can certainly remember um, and it's it's a bit of a community facility too it's a local place to go to hear really good music and yeah it's a, it's a loved venue yeah. but an unpretentious kind of venue that um, everyone enjoys to go to and it's almost you could call it one of the characters of St Kilda right yeah definitely now um, we sort of briefly mentioned that uh, this building had a bit of a false start because one of the things that fascinates me about this building is that the original building that was there was or the original palais that was there was uh, owned by three brothers from the states and they had uh, famous very famous architect Walter Burley Griffin had done the design it was almost finished construction and then the whole thing just burnt down and mm. these guys decided let's let's not get defeated let's go bigger and so they decided to build an even grander building and uh, by the time they got to this Walter Billy Griffin had actually moved back to Sydney so they had to get a new architect in Mm -hmm. I would love to know the backstory behind that I know it'd be great to know wouldn't it yeah can imagine the discussions between the brothers as the original building burned down Uh, uh, (laughs) let's do it again bigger let's let's do it bigger bigger. So fast forward to just a couple of years ago and really the building, um, I guess the the kind way to put it would be to say that, um, you know, age wasn't being kind to it um, and it was really, uh, you know, demolition was a really serious threat, right? Mm, Yeah, it was. It had been, I think it might have been about 30 years that the um, current operating agreement had continued for and, and funding was poor. There'd been... 
a few false starts on and trying to do some work on the building. There was a lot of pressure externally from developers after there was a building, uh, the palace that was just next door to it, and that burnt down. Um, it's pretty subject to fire in that space, isn't it? Yeah. But that burnt down, uh, I think maybe I'll guess like 15, 20 years ago, maybe even a bit longer. And um, and so the 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 last landmark remaining remaining on that you know valuable triangle of land that separates you know the main St Kilda to the to the beach um, the only thing that was remaining there was Palais Theatre and so there was lots of pressure from developers to try and develop that whole foreshore and mm. and then a lot of revolt from the local community thank goodness to retain the heritage of the building but in that process there there was no money and I guess in decision and lack of funding there was not a lot spent on on this beautiful building to um, keep it up to scratch and to repair the age and the and yeah. the failure of the existing structure and and bring it up to low you know standard codes of current day. And so then in 2016, Built were engaged in a um, it was jointly funded, wasn't it, by mm-hmm. the city of Port Phillip and by the state government, and the project then was delivered by major. Projects Victoria, which is now known as Development Victoria, delivering the project on behalf of the state, but with um, funding contributed by the city of the local council as well. And so it was a pretty extensive refurbishment, internal and external works. Can you give us a little bit of an idea of the scope? Yeah, it's externally is obviously the most obvious um, restoration that we did because it's what everyone can see. And then really the rest of the work that we did was all infrastructure or back of house work with the exception of all the lighting process the lighting upgrade that we did within the central dome within the seated area itself and um, and we included some really cool lighting programmed lighting systems and um, and, and still so that it didn't obscure the heritage value of it in the broad daylight and then the rest of the work was in, in infrastructure based so putting in sewerage facilities to current codes, upgrading all of the old um, fibre-wrapped cabling for all the electrical services and a bit of structural restoration around the actual, to support the actual dome above, creating walkways for access and maintenance. And then there's also um, a number of catacombs or tunnels um, services tunnels and access tunnels underneath the Palais Theatre that needed a lot of structural restoration and repair as well. Now, one of the biggest challenges was that, um, I mean, any heritage refurb is going to come with a lot of sort of unforeseen challenges. I think one of the best ways it was described to me early on in my career was that um, it's like peeling an onion and how do you peel an onion without crying? Mm-hmm. But uh, one of the other challenges for you guys was it's not like you were just handed an empty building and a sort of carte blanche to go for it. Everything had to stay operational, right? Mm, mm. The um, one of one of the um, ideas and concepts that we had when we were putting the submission together was to use the catchphrase of the show must go on because the the um, all of we had the full schedule over the twelve to eighteen months that we worked at the Palais Theatre of the shows that had been booked in already at that stage and then all of the the shows that were likely to continue over the rest of the time beyond that and there in the end there were 80 80 performances um, during the time that we were doing all of the restoration works which meant that we just had to have 
backup and standby and um, redundancy with all services that we were provided. We were upgrading all of the main power provisions to the building. So we had generators on standby to make sure and sometimes supplementary generators to make sure they had enough power for shows and, 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 and then the structure would support all of the rigging equipment that was being brought in and things like that as well. So it was actually quite fascinating to be a part mm. of that. So it was more than just building works. It was supporting the creation of productions as well. And like you said, there was, um, you, you guys dealt with, you know, some 80 odd live shows and, uh, you know, by maybe not fortunate circumstance, but it was actually like one of the busiest periods that they'd had in like 10 years, right? Yeah. <laughs> Hurrah! <laughs> Which was great. They had a really interesting variety of shows. I remember they had like a, a burlesque type show like one weekend and then they'd have a general live band another weekend. They The, the variety of shows and performances were amazing and kept things interesting for the guys on site. <laughs> So it sounds a little bit like a coordination nightmare, just quietly. Well, y- yes, um, it's definitely it was definitely a challenge, but that's um, it's also the sort of work that we really thrive on at at Built, and with a lot of open communication with the operators and pre-planning and and um, and mutual respect to what needed to be achieved both from the building works perspective and also the to ensure that the shows could continue as well meant that we worked in a really collaborative way and and looked after each other to deliver what we both all needed to do and I imagine a lot of staged works yeah there there was <laughs> staged <laughs> Did you mean that? <laughs> there were there were a lot of stage works, but fortunate, and we did have to almost duplicate the existing infrastructure that was there, so that we could have simple changeovers because we couldn't afford to shut anything down and then rerun power as an example and things like that. So everything was kind of running duplication and then allowing for change over to appropriate times that wouldn't impact the rest of the building. You mentioned earlier on that one of the sort of most obvious um, changes from the outside was the facade refurbishment that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about that. There was over over 4,000 square metres of uh, facade repair work in total. Mm. And uh, it, you guys had time pressures to deal with. You couldn't just sort of start on one part of the facade and yeah. gradually work your way around, right? Yeah, it's, it was, it, um, it's a hard thing to measure the the extent and uh, full scope of works on the facade couldn't even be identified until we were engaged and started the exploration work so so we went over every square inch almost of that facade testing it for uh, weakness or flakiness and or what we call drumminess in the facade um, any sort of patching require crack repairs or anything like that we had to create a schedule of and then develop the scope and then once the scope was developed then go about the actual restoration works progressively and just by its very nature you don't have the same kind of momentum and pressure of subsequent trades coming through and so to create momentum and me- and measure the productivity and resources that were acquired of it created a bit of a challenge for the project with the, which the team successfully embraced and and delivered on and so you guys ended up with teams working on like all four sides of the facade all at once to try and get it done in time, right? Yes, yeah. The um, the building had been scaffolded for a, a year or so prior to us starting there because of concern about failing on uh, the facade 
failing sections falling off and potentially hurting the public. So we had full scaffold access for the entire duration of the project. And and then in the end, once we started doing the analysis and pro- of the progress of the facade repairs, we realised we had to up the ante as far as the resources going and create some more heightened momentum to ensure that we delivered the project on time. And so when it was revealed after being um, sort of um, under wraps literally for a couple of years, obviously one of the biggest changes people would have noticed was the the new paint colour, which was in fact the old paint colour. Yeah, that's right. So it had been, well, certainly for my lifetime, the Palais Theatre had been a, an off-white colour and given the age that you could see that the facade was and the building was, everyone just sort of assumed that was the original colour but when we in conjunction with Heritage Victoria did some further exploration I think there was about 12 layers of paint over the years on the um, external facade they then uncovered the original colour which was a copperous colour so like an iron kind of ferrous based colour almost so it's a sort of an orange sandy type tone Mm. now And so after a lot of deliberation, the um, Heritage Victoria then approved the to go back to the original colour, which I must admit when I first saw a little sample of that, I was a bit concerned about how orange it might look. And, um, uh, And then seeing it after we took the scaffold down and driving home one night along the St Kilda Esplanade and seeing the, the blue sky behind and that that copperous colour in, in just the middle of St Kilda there just stood out like a, an amazing beacon and uh, and I genuinely love it. And I've done a bit of a, a taxi test. So <laughs> like either... Um, the either taxi a, driver litmus test. That's exactly yeah. right. So either in an Uber or a taxi, I'll speak to the driver and, and um, generally if we're driving past the, the Palais Theatre, I'll, I'll ask them. And, and so I've done a bit of a survey and, and there's only been one or two people that have questioned the choice of colour but then yeah. once they understand the history of it then they I think they appreciate it yeah I mm. think it looks fantastic mm. one of the other notable features on the building exterior is of course the Palais Theatre sign um, now with a heritage building like this uh, same deal it's not just a matter of pulling the old one down and putting a new one in right? yeah well that um, it was part of the consideration because we didn't actually know with the type of lighting that it had in it it's it's not just about the like the physical shape of the sign it's about how the light throws off and reflects in the sign that's part of the heritage mm-hmm. fabric and and value of of the signage as well and so um, we did look at, at at the option of replicating it in you know more modern day materials and modern day lighting but the that her, that heritage feature of it was hard to replicate mm-hmm. and um, and so instead we went through a process of Restoration, so that went through a sampling process and um, and then a consultation and sign-off process with Heritage Victoria, and um, and then a slow process to replicate that through all of the letters of the mm. sign. And again, you know, I love the backstory of things. So uh, one of the things that I was reading in the, you know, I, I think it came from maybe it was the St Kilda Heritage Society or something like that, were saying that the original sign said Palais Pictures mm. and then back who knows when, uh, when they changed it to Palais Theatre, they, they repurposed the T, the R and the E and then um, built 
new ones to to sort of make it say Palais Theatre. So you had a you already had a mix of kind of old and new in there before you started, or new ish, still probably a good seventy years old or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I I hadn't heard that story until recently, which just makes it even even more cool what we were a part of. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like we were just talking about with the sign, the the story nerd in me loves the stories behind the stories and the you know when you work in these old heritage buildings. Um, I think it's always such a thrill to go in there because it's literally like you're getting like an access all areas pass to Mm. some kind of cool space that Mm. most people never get to see. And these old buildings have such cool stories in them. Was there some kind of quirky feature of the building or or several of them that, you know, when you were in there, it kind of blew your mind a bit? Yeah, well, we're fortunate enough to work with a lot of these sorts of buildings, and um, and there's nothing better, and it and it does sound a bit nerdy, but there is nothing better than working on a on a building that means more than just um, bricks and mortar. And the Palais Theatre is definitely like that, as as is Flinders Street Station and the State Library that we're also fortunate to. Um, be involved with when you've got that kind of heartstring connection to a building it just makes you the work that you do and the con- uh, contribution that you can provide way more than just a job like it actually feels like you're making a difference and and I, I'm generally thrilled by it uh, so I remember the first time we walked around the Palais Theatre while in the process of um, collating the tender to to win the project and we were walked through all of the um, back of house and the green rooms and I I just always had in my mind that you know green rooms are where um, all of the rock stars hang out so I expected some sort of you know kind of glamorous party scene and they were actually like really quite derelict and falling apart like (laughs) old school um, portables and but there were posters on the wall and they weren't just like being in a place where there were posters on the wall these were posters of people that would have been in that room too and for so I just got a sense of like being part of like a a gang of a fortunate gang of like rock stars and famous people just because they had pictures of people that I know would have been standing where I was standing at the time so that was a really cool uh, uh, yeah really cool feel to the project and just a connection to it that I loved. Well, congratulations, you and your team did an amazing job um, on the refurb. Thank you for joining us this week. Um, I'll be back with another project and another co-pilot. If you did enjoy the show, which we hope you did, we'd love it if you leave a review on iTunes for us.